2: Tonight was really bad. Like there's always like one game a season where your kids just decide that there's everything else going on around them is more interesting than soccer. And yeah. hopefully tonight was just that one time that that happens this year. Because there the amount of times where I had to stop kids from like literally just standing facing each other and talking to each other while the ball was in play. Genius. Too many to count.
0: Are you coaching seven year olds or are you coaching Arsenal? Both. Damn. <laughs>
2: Right. I'm an it's Arsenal
0: the, fan, so I get to say that. It's the it, Arsenal
2: it, Youth Academy.
0: We, okay, we, we that teach, makes we, sense.
2: We teach them at an early age.
0: Yeah, so the next 30 years are going to be great. To
2: All not, right. Yeah, to not pay attention to the ball and just kind of look around. You can thank John
3: for, for Arsenal's shitty play. There you go. Mm-hmm. Hello, welcome to the 4th and Short Hey, podcast. what's up, Brian? This is Brian, and uh, that's Brad, who decided to rudely interrupt <laughs> me, much like our friend John, a.k.a. Zach Sanchez, tried to do last week, but he didn't shake me
2: like yeah, that happened. You, you handled so, it much better this week. i yeah, give you credit yeah, for I was, that.
3: <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> I do. I mean, I handled that a lot better than the you're, Panthers you're, did against the Saints. Yeah, so, you're, you're a fast you know. learner.
2: You need a way to adjust on the fly. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to have to change it up on him.
3: Something like Shula's
0: not good at either. Yeah, we can't run the the same play every time.
2: Oh, see, that's (laughs) what I was going to say, and I was polite enough to let you say it instead. You're welcome. I
3: appreciate that. (laughs) You guys are so predictable. Um,
2: (laughs) Look at these pertinent jokes we're bringing to the table right off the bat. Yeah,
3: all these (laughs) uh, just hard-hitting jokes. Um, So, yeah, Panthers game obviously sucked. They... Offense sucked. Defense sucked. Special teams sucked. Special Special teams sucked. Um, You know, it was just an all-around shit show. Uh, Not really characteristic of what we've seen from the Panthers over the last two weeks, but they also faced, you know, a legit NFL offense, and that legit NFL offense made them look like a not legit NFL defense or a legit NFL team in general. So uh, I'll start with you, John. What, What were your opinions on... This past weekend.
2: So I'm gonna throw a curveball at you guys. I have my little list of, of notes that I wanted to talk about. The top thing I have typed in is Shula's play calling is predictable. I know that's a hot take, but that was the number one thing that I had on my mind after the game. So yeah, uh like for example, I'm so I'm at the game and I think I think it was it was on the McCaffrey, the interception that went off McCaffrey's hand. I said to my girlfriend, well, We're gonna throw a slant here. Because it was like third and six or something. And granted, in Shula's credit, it wasn't your typical wide receiver slant. But same concept. McCaffrey coming out of the backfield ran an in breaking route, slanting over the middle of the field. As we do, 99% of the time it's third and intermediate. And of course, Cam didn't make a great throw and tip drill interception. So it just, it's. The other thing is not only is it probably super easy to plan for as a defensive coordinator. It's just gotten really boring to watch as a fan.
3: What do you say, Brad?
0: I pretty much agree with what John just said. I mean, you're watching the game on TV, and you pretty much know what's going to happen. And we're not professional coaches or evaluators or whatever. We're just fans who like to watch football, and we know – pretty much what the play is going to be before it happens.
2: Yeah, and, and that,
0: that's not good.
2: And it's not even like generic like Tony Romo like this is going to be a run. It's like specific like this is the route we're about to try to throw. This is yeah. the direction that we're going to try to run it. Like it's it's very obvious. And we don't even and like you said, we're not coaches or coordinators or whatever. We're not sitting there watching the Panthers games trying to pick up on these tendencies. They're just so apparent from casually watching the game that there's no way Sean Payton and uh, what's his name? Defensive coordinator didn't watch us and be like, and think, all right, this is, this won't be too tough. Like we, we talked about that first interception that cam through the defensive back was breaking on the route before cam even started to throw it.
3: Yeah. I was going to bring that up actually. Uh, so for those of you who don't remember the play, but there was a play where they praised the saints defensive back. Cause he was already breaking on the route for an interception but cam basically telegraphed that throw from the mesh with jonathan stewart it was a fake read option play and then he was going to throw a slant and uh right as the mesh happened you see cam looking at the guy so yeah as a former defensive back i was like that's going to go to that guy and sure enough that's where it went and the defensive back broke on it and it was an easy interception and it's like that's been part of the problem with with uh Cam Newton, when they really try to force these quick passes and like short play action passing game, it's just like he's just not, he's too, he he telegraphs where the ball's going to go at times. Like, especially when he's, when he's hurt and he's not comfortable in the pocket, like almost anybody can tell you where the ball's going to go on those routes. And it's like, you know, slant routes work, but not when you are like from the snap looking down the wide receiver, you know, so. It could be just a simple issue with him not having the reps under his belt, but like, when is that going to be corrected? You know.
2: Yeah. Well, Canadian Panther said he's like the uh, we've run that play. We run that play a couple times a game, basically. And there's and you know where Cam's going with it.
3: Oh my God, John!
2: That wasn't me. Don't yell at that me. That was
3: actually me. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> cool your jets, man. Oh my God, Brad. Okay. Anyway, Jesus.
3: we're trying to be professional here. Brian, would, you,
2: Brian, would you please stop interrupting me? Um, oh.
3: <laughs>
2: the, uh, Go ahead, John. You uh, have yeah. Go ahead. Um, we run that. The thing is, is I under, like even though telegraphing who he's throwing it to, the the exact play that it's going to be is very obvious. As soon as Cam does that mesh, you know, not only is he throwing it to Funches if he pulls it, you know what route Funches is running. There's no, you know. Like, stop route, there's no drag route, there's no go route. It's all quick slant, little bang eight route. And you just, just go to the spot. Kelvin Benjamin does the same thing. I posted it in the MMO comments today. Seven of his nine routes were the same route, run to different depths. They're all just in-routes. in routes.
3: And you want to know the sad part? You bring up the drag route. There were I was looking at uh, Billy and CP's, like, you know, film breakdowns this over Twitter and the drag routes were there too. Yeah, the just sad part. Like, Shepard was open and he threw it to Christian McCaffrey instead between two defenders. Like, Cam's just not making the right reads right now. And I don't know if it's, to, I feel like, I said this in our little Slack chat, but I feel like Cam's trying to stay in the pocket and be a pocket passer, but he's not comfortable in the pocket. And yeah, he's that's always bad. Done that. That's not good for an offense that's trying to get the ball out quickly. Really. Like,
2: <laughs> and I have to, and it's I. They obviously know more than me. And the only defense I have for Cam in that respect is that if his first read is McCaffrey and he sees he has a chance to throw the all to McCaffrey, he doesn't have time on that quick of a play to look elsewhere and make sure nothing's more open before he throws it. But I don't but know. He did chance. have
3: time though. Like, well,
2: I'm saying like the timing of McCaffrey's route. Like if we, if McCaffrey's running a route like that, you don't have time to wait for him to come out of his break and keep going before you throw it to him. You kind of have to hit him in a very small window of time. It's debatable whether or not Cam should have said that this is the right throw to make, but I get
3: you're you're not wrong. You're you're definitely not wrong in the sense of like that's his first read, throw it to him quickly. But Cam's got to be able to diagnose those kind of plays mm. from the pre snap. That's that's the issue.
2: Is yeah, like, I haven't gotten to see. I don't it from know what's going
3: front. on with him, and maybe it's Ryan Khalil not being in the offense. But like on a play like that, specifically, like. You got the you got the drag route, and then Christian McCaffrey running the slant route at the backfield. That's not a play where you have to read it after the ball snaps. You should know based on the coverage that you're looking at that who you should be throwing the ball to. In yeah. that sense, like you should know, okay, the drag route might be there, or the slant route might be there based on whatever this guy does. And yeah. he, he didn't make the right read clearly. Like so, it's. It's tough for me to not put that on cam because that's something where he's a veteran NFL quarterback. He should know at this point, like, read this one guy. What is he doing? Okay, he breaks on the, on the drag route, throw the slant. He breaks on the slant route, throw the drag. You know, And the drag was there. That would have been the right throw. That would have been the right read on that play.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen it from – I all I've been – I saw it at the game. I haven't watched rewatched the game yet to see the replay. And I could definitely shift my uh, my blame to more in Cam's direction if uh, if I look and I see that he's there was something that was more obvious, and I'll take your word for it that there very well could have been. I just haven't seen it. It just I'm not an
3: NFL quarterback. That's just like based on what I saw. Yeah, and the only looks like the drag would have been the right read, and mm-hmm. the drag probably would have been the second read, not in the third or fourth read.
2: Yeah, I will say this, uh, and this isn't necessarily the case in this play in particular. There is a lot of or a lot of times, and it's not just with Cam; it's with every quarterback. Where people are watching the broadcast and they're like, "That guy was wide open. Why didn't he throw it to him?" It's like, "Well, because he was looking at the other side of the field, because that's where he was supposed to look first. Like it's it's they can't right. see the whole field. Like the Bernard- it's not like playing a video game where you can see the whole field on your screen. That not saying that was the case this time. You very well could have just missed, misread the coverage alignment, or whatever, and, and made the wrong decision. Either way. I'm really tired of watching us throw the ball within five yards of the line of scrimmage and every play. Way too far in the other direction from the last year.
3: And speaking of that, in regards to Mike Shula, uh, Brad, what, what, what was your opinion on Mike Shula either Sunday or over the last three weeks? <laughs> I know you have <laughs> things to say, so, yeah.
0: When I a person who has never played a down of football in my entire life, I didn't even play peewee football or high school football. When I can predict what's going to happen in any given situation, the exact play, the exact route, the exact read, the exact result, you should not have a job as an NFL offensive coordinator. You should not even have a job as a college offensive coordinator. If me a random guy off the street could scheme a defense to beat you, you don't deserve to work in the NFL. And you know, one of the things that has bothered me and um I still haven't figured out why he said this, but there was a tweet earlier from Panthers media where Mike Shula said after watching the tape he's more encouraged by what he saw from the offense and I don't I don't know what he saw that that I didn't see but it's kind of hard for me to be encouraged by what I saw when we couldn't even put up but 13 points against the worst defense that we've probably seen in the last 10 years in the NFL.
2: Was it you that said something about that? That was the fewest points. I've heard somewhere that's the fewest points they've allowed in several years.
0: It has to be. It has to be the fewest points they've allowed in at least the last three or four years. Because as we talked about last week, you know, when we talked with our Saints uh, guy on the last episode of the podcast, uh, they know that their defense is garbage. You know, even they were expecting this to be a you know thirty-one to thirty type game, and the the fact that we could only put thirteen points is is laughable. And you know, it's it's not going to change. Uh, that's that's the worst part. It's not going to change. This coming week when we play the Patriots, and we'll talk more about that later, we're going to see the exact same thing. You know, we're we're going to struggle because. If if the Saints' defense can scheme against us, you, you better damn be sure that that Bill Belichick can scheme against us. And I don't think Mike Shula is the man for the job. Probably You not. know, I, I, I've been I've been against Mike Shula as offensive coordinator since we hired him. You know, I, I was one of those who didn't even want to give him the opportunity because he's he's been mediocre everywhere he's gone. And we're at the point now where it's time to make a change. Um, Take Cincinnati, for example. Their first two games, they didn't even score a touchdown. They looked horrible on offense. Andy Dalton looked like he didn't even belong in the NFL. What did they do? They changed their offensive coordinator, and if it weren't for the fact that Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the the NFL, Cincinnati would have beaten Green Bay yesterday, and they looked really good on offense. They put up you know, 24 points. Uh, This is a team that didn't even know how to score points Uh, two games into the season, but they made one key change, which is the person who is responsible for communicating plays to the quarterback. And if the Panthers want to improve uh, this year, even with Cam's issues, um, Mike Shula's got to go.
2: I have that exact quote for you. He said, if you can believe this or not, after watching the tape, I'm more encouraged than I was at this time last week. And my favorite reply to that tweet was uh, Matt Walker said, "I'm more concerned after reading this than I was after leaving the game yesterday," which I thought was a very, very nice. That's response. pretty funny. Yeah, it's funny, and exactly so, how I feel.
3: So Brad, I'm gonna play a little bit of Devil's Advocate here, and we we touched on this a bit in the Slack chat, um, but there were the play there were plays that could have been huge gains for Carolina where the scheming and the offensive play calling worked. I mean, like the Devin Funchess play where Cam overthrew him by roughly two yards, or the other play where he overthrew, uh, I think it was Funchess, Funchess uh, and threw it to to the sideline. You know, those plays were schemed correctly, and the throw was correct, and Cam just missed it. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I think that Mike Shula is a elite offensive coordinator and they if they fired him tomorrow i'd be like eh whatever but on there were several instances where the offense had the right play call and this is not just this week this is over the last two weeks where cam just flat out missed the receiver and like granted yes mike shula has to changes has to make the adjustments for what the defense is giving him at times, but it seemed like he did on in certain situations and Cam just flat out missed the receiver. And no matter what you do as an offensive coordinator, if your quarterback misses that throw, what can you do? You know, you can't you can't make the quarterback more accurate with your play calling. So my issue mainly right now is that Cam Newton is not himself. I think that they would be more successful if Cam was making the throws that he should be. He w- If he wasn't missing Christian McCaffrey in the end zone or missing Devin Funch with two steps on a defensive back, you know. It's, I'm not saying that fun- that Shula is the long-term answer or that he's one of the upper echelon guys, but he did le- help lead an offense that was number one in scoring with much lesser weapons. Like, Cam, a lot of that has to fall on Cam Newton and specifically his surgically repaired shoulder. Did he get? Did it get repaired too long, too late, or is it just the rust? I don't know. But if Cam makes those throws, we're talking. We're that's a whole different ball game. Come today when we're talking about the game after Sunday.
2: Here's my rebuttal to that, and that's uh, yeah, Cam missed some throws, but every quarterback for every team misses throws and misses plays. Every team misses plays and misses opportunities you can't have your back broken because of two missed throws. Yeah, Which but is, he missed
3: tons of throws, though. Mm, it wasn't not, just Not yesterday, two. He threw three picks that were all on him.
2: But, like, in terms of, like, that's the thing is, like, and it's been an issue for as long as we've had Shul as our offensive coordinator. And this is a different take I have, and I'll get into that in a minute, about the ball control offense. I'm starting to think is a really not a great idea. But, anyway, we talked about this last week, and we specifically said – Uh, Cam Newton, or like the Saints defense had allowed all those yards and completions and stuff on throws over 16 yards down the field, and we joked that we were never going to touch that. And we threw four out of 26 passes more than 15 yards down the field, and we threw 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. 20 throws within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. That's uh, not... One, that's not how Cam Newton is good. That's not where Cam Newton is, excels. That's not putting your player in the best chance to succeed. And that's making the – putting – and this is in general with the, how we try to limit possessions. You're asking a ton of him to hit every – to make no mistakes because there's no time. We, we limit the amount of time we have to make up for any mistakes he or anybody else makes.
0: Yeah. We're, we're relying on Cam Newton to be perfect. Yeah. And he's not. Nobody
2: is. Yeah, he's less perfect than other quarterbacks, which is fine. He's still one of the better ones in the league. But he, I think he's asked to do more than anybody else's in terms of the play, the amount of, you know, how perfect he has to be. And to elaborate on my thing, I've gotten to thinking a little bit about this. And you know how common knowledge, conventional wisdom says control the clock, control time of possession, you win the game, which in a sense, May, it, it's correct, but kind of not in the way you expect. It's correct that if you have the ball more, you're probably a better team, and if you're a better team, you're probably winning. But the idea that we're better off like minimizing the amount of possessions we have in a given game, to me, is like playing Hoosier-style basketball, where the less possessions your your teams have in a given game, the more likely a fluke play or busted coverage or turnover or whatever is going to affect the outcome. And that's what you want if you're outmatched. And we play like we're outmatched every week, basically. We try to keep the other team off the field. We try to play really – and we didn't, we've been better with Wilkes, but it's just kind of we feel like we play like we're scared we're going to lose every game, and we're doing our best to not lose it. And if we win as a byproduct of not losing, then we're good to go. And that's especially true yeah. with our offensive approach.
3: Well, yeah, keeping, the ball, keeping the ball out of the, off, the other offense's hands does make sense, but off, your offense has to be effective – For that to be an effective way of going about things, so I I just
2: say keeping the offense the ball to the other team's hand. Like you guys are going to get roughly the same amount of possessions anyway. You know what I mean? But
3: theoretically, like if you keep a defense on the field for the majority of the game and you're scoring touchdowns,
2: yeah, you're they're gonna get
3: tired. Yeah, but when you're scoring, when you're kicking field goals, you're essentially like a field goal is not even one score. So you get two, you get two drives where you get two field goals and the other team gets lucky and throws a touchdown that nullifies all the work you did to get to that, that point. And that's, so
2: that's a huge problem. That,
3: that's the issue is that, is that Mike Shula's, Mike Shula's concepts as far as uh, keeping the ball, out of the other offense's hands is good. As far as keeping the off the defense fresh is fine, but he's not, they're not affect. They're not
2: putting the nail in the coffin with those kind of drives. They're not scoring what have we done? Kick. What? Eight. what? Nine field goals this year so far? No, seven, eight. Probably
3: goals. something like that.
2: Eight field goals so far and we've scored three touchdowns. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Something that's like not that. Yeah. It's not a good conversion. That's not a good rate ratio.
3: Yeah. Uh, that's not going to allow your defense to really settle in because you're not putting the scoreboard ahead and forcing the offense to be one dimensional. Cause in a perfect world, you hold on to the ball for a lot for as long as Carolina has. You score touchdowns. The offense on the other side gets one-dimensional. You pin your ears back. You go after them on the pass rush. It makes sense, but when your offense isn't converting those into touchdowns, then it's not as much about that as much as just trying to stay ahead.
2: We definitely are missing that factor we had in 2015, which I, I think a big thing that kind of people forget, I'm not even making that as a joke, but for real, we got ahead early in almost every single one of those games, which basically we were playing with an advantage every single game that helped the defense out a ton. We haven't had that in the last couple of years. Part of that's from just not a lot of that's from just not converting in the, in, in the red zone or even more vaguely on the other team's half of the field. We got on their half. I, I sat in the end zone and so two quarters of the game, the Panthers were driving towards me. I don't even think they cross midfield either leave the two quarters there coming in my direction. And that's against the worst defense we've ever seen. That's not good.
0: Yeah, that's that's what analysts would say is not good.
2: Here's another Shula fact that I made a note of. Um, I get that we were running the ball well. Uh, in the first half, we ran the ball 17 times, and we threw the ball 10 times. It's not... Running more than passing, it's not exactly balanced. I would like to see more balance than that. Um, And on top of that, of those 10 pass attempts, Cam completed six for 21 yards. Six pass completions for three and a half yards per completion. In the first half. Uh,
3: Yeah, the lack of uh, separation is (laughs) startling. I think that... Samuel and Samuel and uh, McCaffrey are the guys who are gonna get the separation, but when the team against us is scheming against McCaffrey and you're putting it all on Samuel look at that separation it's just not good. So And then but we're I think on that Carolina having the deep the deeper passing game on Pat where Cam can actually hit those passes consistently is gonna is gonna make things better. And we, we know that Cam can do that. Like Cam was one of the best Deep passing quarterbacks in the league over the last five years. It's just he's got this shoulder thing he's trying to work through, and now he's missing passes by two, three, five yards. So now you're taking away that aspect of the offense consistently, and now it's just okay. We just have to protect against the run game and the five-yard passing game. So
2: here's here's something I just I just I just this up. We talked about the not pushing the ball down the field, and I don't know what Cam's shoulder feels like, whatever. Against Buffalo, in week two, we threw seven of Cam's 32 passes, went more than 15 yards on the field, and the majority of his throws, I think, are like 50-50 of his throws, were more than 10 yards down the field. So I don't know if his shoulder was sore or what, but we went from throwing half the ball down, half the balls are for Miss Greg and KB that much, where half our throws were going down the field. To where last week nothing was going down the field I don't know if his shoulders bothered him I don't know if we were. If it was our game plan for which made no sense but
3: cam's rusty and he's not he's not bringing the fundamentals in to make the correct throws with his footwork with his positioning you know he's throwing off his back foot a lot and we all know quarter for quarterbacks that's a bad way of making a precise pass on the field so
2: yeah, I um. Well, he's never done that. I'm not too concerned about the fundamental stuff. Yeah, he's he's got the arm talent to for it. Do the other thing I think is a big thing. Um, I I kind of backed off on this a little bit after last week, but then now that punches had to be punches is not good. He, he, That's a hot take. Is it really It's
0: really not. Um. He got four
2: he got four he's like, yeah, he had four catches for whatever he had, sixty something yards. He got targeted ten times. It's the same thing he's always had when he was not even a focal point, and now when he is a focal point, for whatever reason, he just not catch he didn't even catch half his targets. And you can't say that's all on Cam because he's the only one that's catch rate is that bad.
3: Well, I can think of three different targets where Cam missed him or threw a bad pass.
2: Yeah, but but it's been a trend for his whole career. And
3: but you can't fault him for the passes that don't make it to him.
2: Like
0: you also can't fault Cam for the ones that Devin
3: Finch just drops or just but isn't in the right I, spot. I can't think of any Or he's, yeah, he think, runs the wrong route or whatever. I can't think of any situations over the last over the season where he dropped passes. Like when Cam's thrown a good pass to him, he's made the catch. Like
2: he doesn't win any contested catches though.
3: No he doesn't.
2: They might not be drops. Don't, but I
3: don't know, man. Those bang-eight routes were not, were not like, wide-open catches for him, and he made those catches.
2: Those like are the only things so, he catches, though. He catches bang-eights, and routes where really he's standing still, wide open down the field. Um, He also doesn't know I what just, to do with his I'm feet to, when he catches the ball. He had one I'm he just trying to
3: say that the issue seems to be more with who's throwing the ball right now and his injury to his shoulder than Funches, because Funches has been – Arguably the most consistent receiver for the Panthers since Greg Olson got hurt. Well,
2: that
3: was I mean, week, ben, <laughs> or a week and a half. A week and a half. But Benjamin got like Benjamin had his catch, and granted, he got hurt this past week. There's no avoiding that. But it's just Funches has been the only guy who's done anything for the Panthers since Olson got hurt, really. Yeah, like, it... Benjamin had a good week last week, which is great. But you need somebody else. You need anybody else, and Funches has been the only guy who stepped up.
2: He's yeah, but I think that's more of just being available more than actually being good. Um, yeah, he got four of six targets in week two, which is a good. That's a good thing. Four of ten is not good in week one. I'm not going to go back and do all of it, but his, his catch rate's always been bad for three years in the league. I just there's something to it besides just it just bad luck that K.O. misses him more than he misses other receivers like Ted Ginn who runs. A ton of routes deep down the field has a much higher catch rate, and he's notorious for dropping passes. This is a much higher but catch you're compa- rate. But you're comparing two
3: totally different players. with Funches
2: and Ginn. Okay, every play, like, compare every player with Funches, and they're all better than Funches in terms of his catch rate. Um,
3: you want to except for Brent want...
2: Burson? <laughs> it's Brent Bur. Oh yeah, Brent Burson's pretty bad. Too. But Ginn,
3: right, Ginn, is a deep. Ginn is a guy where you take the top off the defense with him. Funches is obviously not that. Yeah, and that's what but I'm there saying. Were two different, there were two different situations where Cam missed him this past week on intermediate passes. Like I'm not saying that you're wrong and that Funch just needs work, but you can't fault him for a pass he can't catch. You know?
2: I'll ask you this. What's Funches good at?
3: He's good at uh, getting open down he's getting he's good at he's good at one on one throws down the field that's what he's been good at for his entire career and I feel he's not getting the right opportunities because Cam's just throwing it out of bounds or throwing it five yards ahead of him
2: I just I just I what I saw from yesterday he had four catches two of them he looked super unnatural catching the ball on the four out of the four he caught one of them he basically couldn't keep his feet moving when he caught it and he got his leg stuck on the ground and fell over and the other one he caught, and I, th- I can't remember exactly when but he caught, and he kind of turned up the field and stumbled around a little bit, even though nobody was near him. And it's just been a, I just he's good at those little bang eight routes, but I just nothing else really stands. I I think he's utterly super replaceable as a wide receiver, and he's definitely not good enough to carry the load if Benjamin and Olsen is time. Well, Olsen is missing time. If Benjamin misses any time, it's that's a huge hit to our offense because Funches can't carry the load. He can't separate if he plays man coverage. I don't think he's strong enough going after the ball if you try to give him contested catches. And for whatever reason, if it's just whatever Cam and him just don't seem to connect very well. He's also I don't know if this is normal. I said this in our slack chat, he takes like an hour and a half to get back to the huddle after every play. Like he's he'll be like forty yards down the field on the deep route and he doesn't get back to the huddle he takes him the whole like twenty seconds to get back to the huddle and by the time he gets there they're breaking the huddle and he just does like a little drive by listen to the play and run back out to his position. And I don't know if it's normal but it's it was not a good look from the from the from the stands. Yeah. I have a lot All of right, bad well, I have a lot of hot Devon punches takes right now.
3: Well, we we definitely have dissenting opinions on that, but we can we'll definitely revisit them as the season progresses, but yes. Um you guys, have anything else you want to say? Fire Mike Shula.
2: Yeah, I have one thing. I have a positive. I have a positive from yesterday, uh, or from Sunday, when um you you know that delay of game penalty that we got because the referees wanted us to get a delay of game penalty.
3: Oh, yeah, the, the, the one where they held the ball and then forced us to get a delay of penalty, yeah. game penalty. Yeah, but I remember that. They're, yeah.
2: they're like, oh, yeah, we have the nation sub. Everybody's sitting there waiting for, like, 10 seconds, and the ref is just, I don't know what he's looking at. It's like, wait, I don't know, are they going to sub? No? Wait? What, maybe? Wait? Okay, there's one second left, go. And then just, like, uh, the fact that they and I wish it was at least, like, explain it instead of just saying, oh, it's a delay of game and, like, acting like they didn't do any, they had no part in it. But anyway, that's beside the point. Uh, the offense came back out to run that next play, and the crowd was booing. And Trey—I don't know if you saw this on TV—Trey Turner did like the whole like quiet down arm mm-hmm. motions, and it got silent fast. Everybody, everybody listened to Trey Turner. I thought that was kind of funny. Nice. That was pretty
3: cool. Yeah, I mean, I can't blame—I can't blame the crowd because like, listen—listen listen to your all-pro guard. Listen to him.
2: Yeah, he knows what he's doing. But and then after the yep. play was over, everybody started booing again. And then, uh, <laughs> and then the ref, uh, a couple possessions later, or like after we scored, we're kicking the ball off, and the ref came in front of my, or my section, uh, to wait for the kickoff, and everybody booed him when he walked by the crowd. So, people held that, held that against the referees for a solid 15 minutes.
3: Good on you, Panthers fans. Keep it up.
2: Yeah, and don't tell people to sit down when they're standing up when the, def- the defense is trying to make a red zone stop. That happened too. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow, okay. <laughs> and on that you note... If, if you want people in front of you to sit down, watch the game at home.
2: Yeah, especially in a know. key situation. If they're standing up the entire time, and I get it, not everybody can stand the whole time. Jesus, somebody recording at a drag strip, um, if you don't, if you can't stand the whole time, that's fine. If you, if you want people to sit down in different situations, that's fine. If the defense is trying to make a red zone stop, that's people are going to stand up. They even say that. Yeah. They even say that on the PA system. They say, "Everybody, get on your feet." Sound makes the noise. They, they say that stuff. Like, let, let people stand up.
0: Yeah, that—that's how it works. Like, like you said, I could understand it if it's you know if it's in the first quarter and it's you know twenty to nothing already. Yeah,
2: and yeah, you got so the ball on your own twenty yard line. Yet like yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. You know, yeah whatever. whatever, but you know, fourth down or third down, defense on the field. Yeah, stand up. That's the way it works.
2: Yeah. That's part of being there. I mean, Damn straight. That's strange. part
0: of being there. And if you can't do that, then just watch it at home.
2: Yeah, nothing wrong with it. But that's that's uh, that's how football stadiums are worked. That's you're part of the you're kind of a part of the team in a sense when you're out there. Uh, you're not going to kick back in a recliner and 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 watch silently. Just Agreed. you don't even have to make noise. Just just let other people make noise. It's okay. Just don't tell other people to stop. That was, that was agreed. Okay. We can go now.
3: No, I agree. It's <laughs> you're at a live football game. Make some noise helps your, it helps your team. Um, but yeah, that's all we got. We'll, uh, we'll go ahead and end it there. Uh, so stay tuned CSR followers slash other listeners. Uh, we're going to have a guest from a, a friend of mine who is a, also a, uh, avid reader of the Pat's pulpit on here on thursday to talk about the patriots beating the crap out of the panthers so that's gonna happen and uh brad and john will hopefully be here for that and we'll have some fun with that so
2: see you guys any last like, word oh, no i'm good i said i said my last fire
3: words. mike shula fire mike shula indeed <laughs> all right well thanks for joining us and you guys have a pleasant day
1: Take a step towards me Later. You will take my breath away So I'll keep you close And keep my secret safe No one else has ever loved me No one else has ever tried I never understood How much I could take